0: Thanks for joining us today for the Post Traumatic Faith Podcast, a place where trauma, hardship, and challenge meet faith and hope for the future. Here is your host, Jill Riley. Welcome to Post Traumatic Faith. Season three has arrived. I am so excited to share with you this season new guests, new topics, and some great conversations. So tune in every week on Fridays. We will have a new episode. Also this season, we will celebrate our 100th episode. So stay tuned for that. Just happens to fall on my birthday, October 28th. So we will have a big celebration. Thank you so much for joining us. And here's today's guest.
1: Welcome to Post
0: Traumatic Faith Season 3. This is Jill Riley, and today I am joined from Boulder, Colorado, Jacqueline Malcolm-Peck. Good morning, Jacqueline. How are you?
1: Good morning, Jill. I'm doing well. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. So what's life like in Boulder, Colorado right now?
1: You know, just bipolar weather as always. We just (laughs) got a foot of snow, so that's always fun, but it goes from 80 degrees to snowing the next day. So that's what's happening in springtime right now in Boulder super fun. Yeah.
0: So I was asking you before, just before we got on on air here, what um, Greystone is all about. I'm interested in, in what you're doing down there.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I started the business a couple years ago. We started as a pop-up restaurant doing all farm-to-table stuff. So we source everything from our greenhouse and we like to do private dinners. And then during COVID, Um, all these brides would come up to me and they'd say, Oh, can we have the wedding here? We have a nice property with a lot of meadow and trees and it's really pretty. Um, So we kind of transitioned from just private dinners to opening the property to more weddings and corporate events. And we also do wellness retreats. So it's just a fun way to kind of combine food and beverage with other avenues. So that's great fun now. Yeah. So do you stay pretty busy during the
0: wedding season then?
1: We do, yeah. Anywhere from like June through October is uh, pretty wild for us, but we're having a good time and it's kind of fun just to have different events and meet with different people. So it's kind of a nice time to do it. Great, and Boulder's
0: so beautiful. So what a what a great place to do that.
1: Yeah, we're super lucky to be here. So.
0: Yeah. So, well, you know, I'm just interested in your story and, um, and I'm just curious where, um, where were you first introduced to God and began kind of your walk of faith?
1: Yeah. So when I was really young, um, I think I always had the belief that there was something bigger than myself and that I was always protected. Um, but I really kind of had the foundation laid from my mother, And she would take us to church. And um, just being who she was, she really exhibited um, these characteristics of a person I wanted to be. And just naturally, you want to know, hey, like, what is driving this person? Um, What does this person believe in? And so we just really learned through her what faith meant. And she Mm. lived that out every day. So we were really lucky to have that foundation laid, which a lot of people don't. But I think definitely during college, um, I really started pursuing God back and it was this, it turned into more of a dynamic relationship and it wasn't just one-sided where, you know, God's always pursuing you and he never stops loving you, but you do have to make a choice to, um, you know, walk with him and continue that faith life. And it takes, um, that dynamic relationship as with any relationship. So, you know, when we when started we're, that way.
0: Yeah. When we're raised with faith as children, it, it kind of rides on the coattails of your parents. Right. And then yes. when you become a little bit older, more critical thinking, then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I have to choose this for myself. This is no longer <laughs> exactly. somebody else's. This has to be mine. Exactly.
1: Right. Completely. Yeah. And it's not easy. And a lot of times when we're, we're handed faith, Um, we never really realize the gift it gives us. And so I think when we make it our own, we're just so grateful to have it because it gives so much back to us. And so it's just, it's very dynamic and it's always changing. But I think a lot of times it's hard for people growing up, maybe with their family, always going to church. And it's more of like just a ritual and it can be so stagnant. But you really, when you you choose to practice it and um try to really let it shape you, it, you just become a different person. And yeah,
0: that's true. yeah,
1: it's really beautiful when you realize it never stays the same. so so tell me a little exciting.
0: bit yeah, tell me a little bit more about your mom. Was she a um stay at- home mom, work at home mom, or um what was yeah. what was life like with her?
1: A little of both. So she started a company with my dad and they had a really interesting relationship where they could work together and also, you know, be married and have a great relationship. Um, it was pretty rocky at times, but as soon as she had my older twin sisters, she really just wanted to stop working and take care of us full-time, which I've realized is such a luxury because a lot of people need to stay working. Um, and they can't take care of their kids full-time. So we were super lucky to be able to have her be able to take care of us. Um, but probably for the first 18 years or so, she would just really make us her priority. Um, she would help my dad out with the business as well. And she was super smart and always coming up with good marketing ideas and things like that. Um, but for the most part, her focus was really us and we did feel that. And, um, especially now you realize that that's maybe something that is just such a privilege for you be, to be able to do. Right. So yeah, you kind of realize like, wow, not everyone can do that. So, but it really was a balance for sure. But and was knew she how much she cared about us.
0: She was a homeschool, homeschool mom? Exactly.
1: Yes. So we were homeschooled before the days of the quarantine. Um, and again, I have no idea how she was able to do that. Cause I'm like, I would never be able to homeschool my kids. Like the <laughs> amount of patience she had with us. Um, and she just really wanted us to be able to have that flexible schedule to be able to travel, maybe to be able to explore our own interests, um, to not have that just drive time back and forth between school or the time you have between periods. So she was really able to customize our schedule as well and just make family a priority um, and just us to be able to have more time with her, which we're so grateful for. Um, She was struggling with a heart issue for the most um, time we were with her, but we really just saw her as like this super woman. She never really displayed any weakness, um, but we knew that she definitely would have days where she wasn't feeling well. Um, but she just, she never really showed that. Like she just had such a great attitude and she didn't rely on anything besides just her faith in God. And she knew where her identity was and she just so showed so much strength through that. So. So what,
0: what was the heart issue that she had?
1: Yeah. So when I was three years old and my sisters, um, they were seven years old, she suffered four heart attacks within the span of two days. Um, wow. so during the time she was going through some pretty serious issues with my father and, um, she was saying the doctors were telling her it wasn't hereditary. And I think she was just super stressed, but the first three heart attacks, she was misdiagnosed, um, cause miraculously, somehow, somehow when they were running the EKG, her valve would go right back into place that had unraveled. And then on the fourth heart attack, um, she was driving by a hospital, thanks to God, and she just kept unraveling. Um, So her aorta was just spiraling out. And finally, on that AKG, she could finally, the doctors could finally tell her, like, wow, you're having a massive heart attack. Um, It was the largest heart attack that the doctors have ever seen. um, And this was in Boulder County. So after that, they realized the previous three heart attacks were in fact, heart attacks. And after that, she just kind of found herself, you know, just a very weak version of herself. As you can imagine, Mm
0: -hmm. after
1: someone has one heart attack, you can imagine that recovery. Um, And she was dealing with a three-year-old and two seven-year-olds. So her life, she felt, you know, was pretty much shattered. She was struggling with health issues. Her relationship with my father was terrible at the time, so she felt like her life was pretty much just crushed. Spiraling, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. did they do surgery for the heart attack, or what did they do? Yes, yep. So she had to have a triple bypass right after, and then she also um, had to have a pacemaker put in um, just wow. in case she had another heart attack. So that happened pretty quickly after. Um but she just kind of fell into writing right after this catastrophe happened, um, just as a way of like processing the trauma as a way of taking time back for herself to be able to reflect on like, why did this actually happen to me? Um, it wasn't hereditary. Like, where is my mental state um, at right now? So she really relied on writing every single day, and that gave her such clarity and peace as to what was going on in her life because so she did she, not feel like herself at all during the time yeah. as you can imagine. Yeah. So she
0: began writing on topics of like trust and forgiveness and gratefulness. Um yeah. and where where did all of that um stem from? Was it from the heart attack and kind of being living a life more reflective?
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, the book that she the manuscript she put together It was basically a 20 year process from the time this heart attack happened is when she started. And then it goes through her entire transformation, you know, the relationship transformation she had with my father, but it really just stems from her walk with Christ and where her faith evolved. Um, I don't think she was a very spiritual woman before this happened. I think, um, this catastrophe just really was the catalyst for her being able to find a deeper relationship with God because she needed it so much, and mm-hmm. she felt such peace when she felt completely alone. You know, she didn't have a um, a good relationship with her marriage at the time. She really just she didn't feel like herself, and so it was really the only thing that spoke life into her, um, and she could finally find that peace again. So it really kind of stemmed with an evolving relationship with God and just went from there. Yeah. So
0: did she name the book Silent Voice Sings," or is that the rebranding of the book?
1: Yeah. So that's the rebranding of the book. Um, we never knew too much about like what she was thinking with her book process, but I was really lucky um, a month before she passed away. I was a sophomore in college. And I was home for the summer for about a month and she finally was like talking about her book a lot. And I was like, Oh, you've never really let me in on your process before. This is so cool. Like we're really curious about what you're doing. Um, And she started telling us about some book ideas she had, how she was wanting to put her different drafts together because she had a lot of different drafts. So that was the first time that we really had kind of an insight on where she wanted the book to go and the purpose for the book. So this was her idea to have this title, The Silent Voice Sings, which is so beautiful. It's just basically like when all of these other voices are shouting at you and all this, um, you're struggling with mental health, you're having doctors tell you these diagnoses is like, you know, you're never going to have a normal life. You'll never be able to exercise again. All these really loud voices Um, she just really tapped into the silent voice that God will speak to you. Um, And he sometimes gently reminds us of our identity and who we are Mm -hmm. when everything else is louder. So that's the inspiration behind the title. And, you know, everyone can kind of tap into God's silent voice and he probably is not going to be literally speaking to you, but, you know, you're going to feel that you're going to feel the right thing. You're going to, Um, be able to know how he how he thinks of you and how he views of you Um, and a lot of times you can turn that silent voice into singing so it's really something that is beautiful you're able to have that journey and it takes a long time like it took my mom you know probably 15 20 years to be in this state to be able to forgive my dad and forgive her best friend who ended up having an affair with my father. And uh, so there was all these like really severe um, things that happened with very close relationships, yeah. um, which I think a lot of women do struggle with. Yet it's not something that people talk about because they're so ashamed of it or they don't know how to move on or maybe get out of the situation or try again. And it's, you know, so covered up a lot of times. So she wasn't afraid of writing a writing on very important topics and luckily it really turned out well for, um, my father, and my mother's relationship, but sometimes Mm -hmm. that doesn't happen. But I think she really wanted to encourage people to, um, you know, talk about it. You don't have to just be, um, keep it all bottled up. Like it's a really good method, either just like writing or, you know, call any person that you trust, um, And it was just this process of living again. But she knew that if it wasn't for this severe trauma that happened to her, she wouldn't have been able to evolve into this beautiful person. And she'll write at the beginning how much she changed just with being more joyful and um, open-hearted. And that was due to having a broken heart and Mm -hmm. being able to really um, choose to open up again.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to... That's what I was going to ask you, you and your sisters have kind of compiled her writings. Do you Mm -hmm. see a difference in her, in her writing from her earlier years of writing until, you know, the, the, her later years, do you see kind of that evolution happening?
1: For sure. Yeah, it was, it was so cool because we knew her really after she kind of transformed in a way. So we, we didn't dive into who she was in the previous writings. And it's, like, so dark and so raw and um, tell us about, you know, all these really terrible thoughts she was having, you know, and contemplating suicide and all these things that we didn't know her as. And so it was really beautiful to know, like, wow, okay, so if mom was struggling with all these things and she turned out this, like, amazing superwoman we knew her as, like, how I'm feeling, it really was like, okay, you're okay to feel this way. Um, And maybe it's going to take 10, 15 years to be coming around in the way that she did. But um, after we lost her, it was this way to have her back in a way to have her words and just to have her words hold our hand in a way that just like sat with us and knew we didn't have to fake it. We didn't have to pretend to be okay. We could sit shattered as she was with her story in the beginning. And it wasn't glossed over, it wasn't fluffed, it wasn't sugar-coated. And yeah, we never really read her story until after she passed away. So it was just, it was such a gift for us to be able to have her in those darkest moments and feel like, wow, she went through something pretty crazy that we didn't really know about until after so it was this it's, gift she gave us
0: it's almost like it gives you permission to be patient with yourself if she mm-hmm. had the if she had the patience to and the the wherewithal yeah. to kind of live through
1: all of that right 100% yeah and so many times we just really beat ourselves up like we judge ourselves more than we judge others absolutely and we tell ourselves, oh, we're we're not okay to like leave the house today. Or for me at least, I was so scared of like social situations because I felt such a different version of myself. And so I felt like I couldn't be who I was feeling right then. So exactly how you put it, like it was okay to be patient with the process in grieving and healing and to not try to be someone else. And so many right. times we Put pressure on speeding that process up, which right. in actuality takes a long time. And we don't want to burden others with what we're going through, even like our closest friends, because we feel like, oh, they don't want to keep hearing the same sad story. <laughs> exactly. And, exactly. So yeah.
0: do you, how did it um, change your life when you, when you lost her? Um, how did that form your life then?
1: Yeah. I, um, you know i realized that for a lot of things i mean people go through way worse scenarios than than i did but my mother was the most important person that i had in my life and probably i will ever have in my life so losing that most significant person in that moment you have to choose am i going to just keep going down this road of darkness or am i going to choose to try to see something else and to try to um allow myself to get better and you mm-hmm. you don't want to get better for a little bit like you want to just be numb um cuz it's just it's quite painful um so you really just have to choose to be grateful for anything and that was really what the book was for us at the beginning like i couldn't really feel like i was grateful for much in my life besides at least her being there for me in the book um, mm-hmm. So it really opened my life to just choose gratitude every single day, um, and it really opens my eyes to how short of a time we have here. Because a lot of times you feel so, um, oh, you know, like I'm going to see that person tomorrow, or I'm going to be able to have this experience again. But truly, every single right. day that you get, you're never going to get that same o- same day over again. So it really made me live with more of a sense of urgency um, and just more of a balance for life because mm-hmm. it gives you this new perspective on what matters most. And that's, you know, certain friendships that you have, that's your family members, and it's going to be really challenging, but that's the most rewarding things that you have in your life oftentimes Absolutely, are those things.
0: So what do you hope that uh, people most come to understand about your mother through her writing?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of really great messages, but I think above all, it's that anyone can start living their legacy today and you can leave your legacy Mm -hmm. in little, little things that you do every single day. So maybe it's just like doing one small act of kindness for, Um, your sister, your brother, your friends. That's how people remember you. Um, And you might not have a million Instagram followers. You might not have a thousand Instagram followers. And that's really what people glorify these days is trying to have a broad audience, like trying to have a huge platform. But sometimes it's just doing that small thing for the person in your life that needs help. Right. and that's it and that's that's our circle um just knowing who those people are and trying to do that to the best of your ability mm-hmm. and then maybe god will give you a bigger platform to influence others but a lot of times we look too far out besides people we already have in our lives mm-hmm. and that might just be like your dog or um that stranger on the street you want run into but you don't need a huge audience to be able to have an impact on someone. Well, and I, think, I think that's what she explains.
0: Yeah, the the ability to be able to give witness to another person's life and to add to mm. another person's life. We underestimate the power of that and like you said want to look for something bigger when that is so huge but we don't acknowledge a- acknowledge the vastness of relationship and what that can mean.
1: Right. A thousand percent. And it's really challenging. Like, Relationships are some of the most challenging things in our life, but they really teach us the most. Um, Absolutely. And a lot of times that's just perseverance and not giving up on people because you never know what they're going through. And it's just giving them that grace as well. And a lot of times that starts with giving ourselves the grace. So it's this really beautiful circle.
0: So what have you learned about yourself, um, through the book writing, editing process? And I mean, that's quite an arduous task. And so I'm, <laughs> I'm curious, I'm curious what, what you've learned about yourself in that
1: process. Yeah. You know, when I was little, I always liked to, I would take a book that was already written And I would like retype it (laughs) and I would just want to re re retype it. So I kind of realized a lot of how, um, my brain works luckily and kind of just the perseverance of it. Um, and it really helps me not give up on it because it took me also like four years to complete it. And sometimes, you know, when I'm working on current projects as art that aren't writing related, I'm like, okay, well think how long this project took. You know, so just to not give up on things, even if it takes more time than we think. And we never know when the fruits of our labor are going to be revealed. Like we never know God's timing for things in our lives. And I think a lot of times we give up on it or we're like, okay, we messed it up, but God's, you know, laughing at us. Like it's not about your doing, it's really what God wants to do with it. And we can't control all of that. So as long as we have perseverance with it and allow God to have control on when he wants it finished or who he wants someone to read it at the right timing, um, it's really not about us. And that that's really what I learned is like just, just surrender, keep trying, but it's really up to God as long as I do the work, God's got the rest.
0: Right. And, you know, it's, it is true that we have such a sense of um, instant gratification that we want. Mm -hmm. And book writing is not about that. It's about the process (laughs) (laughs) and it's about the evolution of our thoughts. And yeah, you, you don't get instant gratification from it. That's for sure.
1: You don't. And like, as much as you love checking off your daily to-do list, (laughs) you have to really find reward in other ways where, wow, I feel like I'm growing in this area. That's great. Like, no, it's not complete yet. It's not published yet. But these are the areas that I feel are developing. And it's a new way of reframing accomplishments in your life. And I think at least for people I know and myself included, we get so much happiness from quote unquote accomplishments and like checking it off. And so it's a great way to be patient with yourself, patient with your dreams patient with who you're evolving into by just sitting with things and um, daily working towards goals, but knowing I'm not going to have this maybe accomplished by the time I want to. So just, yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. it is,
0: it is quite a, quite an undertaking. I used to think before I started writing myself, I used to think that good writers would just sit down and this beautiful prose would come out of them and they would just, they would just sit and write and it was just wonderful all at once. And that, that is not the case for anybody. No.
1: That would be really nice, though. That'd
0: be great, <laughs> wouldn't it? But that is yeah. just not not the case. Um, Maybe we're a little so, bit too
1: optimistic. Sometimes yeah. That.
0: <laughs> so tell me, so the the book that as it's coming out again in the summer, or came out again in the summer, this will be this will be aired yes. later in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so going
1: to come out again, and it will be named "The Silent Voice Sings." Um, so you will. We have a website called "The Silent Voice Sings." Um, You can connect with me that way. Um, we also have an Instagram as well. Um, so we're going to be reaching out to more people and hopefully be doing a little bit more um, podcasts and things like that. So, Great. Yeah. And where will it be available? It will be available online, um, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, pretty much all those places. Um, Walmart as well. So anywhere you can find a book, it should be available.
0: Great. Great. Well, the title of the book is A Silent Voice Sings. And as um, Jacqueline said, you can go ahead and find her. We'll put your information on our show notes. And I just really appreciate your investment of time and and mostly just telling the story of your mother and and allowing her voice to be heard. So thank you so much. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you would leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. You can find Jill at jillriley.com on Facebook at jillriley.author, Twitter at Jill Riley author, and Instagram at jillriley.author. Also, feel free to send Jill an email at Jill at jillriley.org. Thanks for listening in and have a great day.